0: welcome to an original series the podcast celebrating our favorite tv series behind the paywall I'm Patch, one of your co-hosts, and with me, celebrating the world of long-form storytelling, is my friend and co-host, Adam Rackoff. Hey, guys. I should probably just start calling you Adam. I mean, we're friends. You know, I don't call you know, you don't say, I'm not saying Patrick, X. Yeah, it's just so, well, from now on, I'll just say my friend Adam. That'll be better. Or, or Mr. Rackoff. You know, if you want to get, if you want to get formal, okay, we can do that. So, or your highness or your majesty, whatever, you can give a different kind of call sign or different title each week if you want, (laughs) just let me know ahead of time so I can throw in the intro. All right. Well, we are continuing our journey down the world of uh, the Ted Lasso hole, I guess, or this uh, Mm -hmm. fantastic first season. We are in the second episode entitled biscuits. And that really kind of gave us some insight or at least some curiosity into what this episode is going to be about but before we get into the meat of the discussion i've got a serious question for you you ready
1: yes ready
0: would you rather be a lion or a panda
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm a big fan of kung fu panda it's a movie i've watched with my daughter many times so i would go with a panda
0: i'm gonna have to agree the (laughs) the kung fu panda series pretty much cinched it for me and uh in fact, our, our internet network name is Skadoosh. So
1: I, I love we got, it.
0: We got some we got some good stuff there. People come to our house and are like, which one's yours? Is, is it the what's the Scottish? No, it's Skadoosh. <laughs> You're not saying it correctly. So yes, uh, I'm I, love I would that. pick a panda as well. I would pick panda yeah. as well. I am the dragon warrior. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the third one, I think. That's I think yeah. I think it is. <laughs>
0: They're all good. They're all good stuff. Man. They really are. well listen we are going to be talking spoilerific about this episode as we do with all of our episodes so feel free to watch it enjoy it and come back and join the conversation so you don't feel like you're getting cheated so adam what did you think of this follow-up episode to the pilot
1: i think this is a a great follow-up as we discussed last time the the pilot is just a stellar example of a pilot episode for for any show it just does a Incredible job. It introduces so many characters. It sets everything up. This episode, the second episode really just runs with it. It just picks up right where the first episode ends, where Ted is trying to fall asleep and he can't. In this episode, we start with a shot of Ted in bed, waking up in the morning. And there's actually a really subtle moment that I didn't pick up on upon my first viewing where he kind of rolls over and reaches over to kind of hug his wife. And, and then he kind of very quickly stops and realizes, oh no, I'm, I'm in England. I'm there's no one else here. It's really, really subtle, but I really appreciated that because it, it's just, it, it continues to establish that he's a person who is married and loves and misses his wife, even though they're going through a, a difficult time. And it's just so subtle, but it's there. And then it cuts to a much more humorous moment, which I absolutely loved, where he's opening up a box of, yes. of yes. cereal, of shredded wheat cereal, and he pours the cereal into a bowl, and one giant piece, like, falls <laughs> shredded, into his bowl. <laughs> shredded log, I think, is what yeah. it is. <laughs> and what's weird is I kind of remember as a kid, as a young kid, my parents buying these giant shredded wheat um cereals. And I don't I don't know why. I don't know what the point was. <laughs> it, it's it's just such a funny thing. And uh it was a strength and,
0: training exercise before yeah. school because you had to chew that thing. I think that's yeah. what I was... mean they
1: obviously they do make small versions of them as well like shredded wheat. You can buy you know the, the, the actual cereal sized version yeah. of it. But but anyway it was a great sort of visual gag. And then Ted says something really funny when he's greeted by Coach Beard in front of his apartment. Beard says, You want to you know grab some breakfast? And he's like, Nah, I just had one piece of cereal and I'm pretty stuffed. <laughs> so That's okay. I really one of my it's favorite like, lines. A great start, a really great start to the episode. And yeah, and uh I just yeah, what about you? Did you did you like this episode? Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Biscuits, I think, is tops for me at this point with the two episodes. <laughs> yeah. It it really gets a lot of the energy from the first episode, just like you said, continuing from where we left off, but it's the way in which that opening is shot in him connecting with beard, just talking about that first day, he makes the analogy, you know, this feels like it was first day of school, first day of yeah. school, you know, <laughs> right. and I love that he asks coach beard, you know, how are you feeling? He goes I'm pretty nervous. And then of course he, he does one of his great Tedisms. He says, yeah, I mean, nobody says they get nervous about the, you know, the, the last day of school or <laughs> right. I forget what the line is. I'm going to butcher it. But I, I think that, that whole sequence just reinforces that really great relationship between, between Ted and coach Beard, but it also establishes a little bit of vulnerability with both of them. You know, they're just kind of casually walking to, I guess, I guess they're walking to the stadium. It doesn't really show where they're going, but it shows, maybe they're catching a bus or something, but they're just sort of, absorbing everything and getting used to the, like, this is, this is our world. Ted, there's a great moment where Ted starts walking in the street and beard, you know, holds him back like a mother and says, got to watch your right coach. And, you know, it's just these things that you don't necessarily realize are just normal. And so I think that those first 10 minutes or first five or 10 minutes really allow for us to feel that optimistic awkwardness, I guess is what you could call it, where, We're wondering what's going to happen. Ted gets that kind of look of looking around, seeing the the guy playing in the field. And then, of course, he sees that girl who schools the boys. And um, and I love that that comes back at the tail Mm -hmm. end of the episode to really sort of finish it off where he is building relationships and he doesn't know a stranger. So one of the things I think this episode does as a whole is it establishes Ted not just in more of his optimism, but in his willingness to just get to know people, find a connective tissue between every person that he meets and comes in contact with. And he does it in what I would consider an appropriate way. So you could, in in another TV series, you could take that interaction between him and that girl and you can make it pretty awkward. like Right. This, American white dude in Nike's hanging out with this English schoolgirl That's just weird, but it doesn't come across that way because he refers to her as the Tasmanian devil only without doing that. You know what So <laughs> right. you can tell that he respects it. He respects her. And he's just kind of in awe of the fact that, man, he's definitely not in Kansas, but I love the fact that this episode really emphasizes how much he wants to connect with people. And yeah. of course that the first couple of scenes, after that are what we get are biscuits with the boss, right? He brings in what he calls uh cookies, but they, the British call biscuits. Only he wouldn't recommend, (laughs) you know, covering these in gravy. And, and of course it it creates this fantastic, just opening dialogue between him and Rebecca about first and best concert. And he talks about, uh, Kenny, you know, the, the gambler, Kenny Rogers. Yep. And she is just not having it. And no, and I think although Adam, she did
1: mention her favorite concert being the Spice Girls <laughs>
0: first and best, they're first and yeah, same thing. Exactly. Now,
1: I don't know if she was just trying to get him out of her office or right. if,
0: if she really did feel that way. I don't think we ever got a full answer on that, but we'll assume that the Spice yeah. Girls was definitely the first and best. But something I picked up in this episode was I love Ted's optimism, but he comes across as a little bit intrusive, like he starts singing the song from the game, you know, the lyrics from the gambler. And she's like trying to tell him to stop. And I wondered, did that come across to you as, as charming or did it feel a little bit like Ted, you gotta, you gotta know your boundaries, man. Yeah. I think
1: a different actor might deliver these lines in a way that it does come across as intrusive or just too much. Right. But for some reason, the way Jason Sudeikis plays this character I never feel that I, yes, he is. He is trying to sort of whittle down everybody through kindness and through just being present through gifts. You know, he's constantly giving people things or trying to learn about people, what they love, what they don't love, what makes them tick, right? His, his goal is to essentially just be in people's faces as much as possible. And in turn, He's learning and they're learning about him, right? That's the goal. He's trying to build a relationship with everybody around him, even people that, as you mentioned, on the street, he's just that kind of person that he's living in the moment. And if in the moment he sees some kids playing soccer and he's impressed by a girl's ability, he'll go over and, uh, you know, acknowledge that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially because of the way it's handled, right? Yeah. Again, a different actor. With a, a different approach, it might come across as creepy, like like you said. But I, I just think Jason knows this character and understands how he would behave in these situations. Right. And his goal is to sort of slowly, essentially slowly break everybody from their habits of mm-hmm. who they are, right? Of having sort of these walled gardens around them and breaking down those walls so that he can really get to know who they are as absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think if you didn't have those first couple of scenes with him and beard and him with the, uh, with the girl that moment with Rebecca, which is very much a high point of the humor side of the show. I think that that wouldn't have been as charming or as believable. And I I think you're right. Anybody else or another actor would not sell that like Sudeikis does. And the pilot episode of course really supports that. He's got vulnerability, but he's optimistic, sometimes to a fault, it seems. And it goes in great conflict with what Rebecca says to Higgins later on. She's like, everybody loves him everywhere he goes. And I just don't like that. So I need you to find something wrong. And then that's when the whole thing yeah. with Keeley comes up and she tries to sabotage or tries to kind of make something up. And at the same time, even the small things are pretty funny. She wants to get down to the bottom of where does he get these biscuits? <laughs> I think it brings out this really great dynamic between her and him because they're both trying to figure out the other person. Now it's not just about them, but he's not the only one doing detective work. He's not the only one trying to figure out how to, how to connect with people. I think that he's definitely the more obvious one, but Rebecca, I think is trying to figure out just as much about him so that she can bring him down. So there's just an equal opposite motivation for both of these but there's definitely a point in this episode it's all about just revealing vulnerabilities and real revealing more sides to characters than than you have and i mean that that extends itself in the locker room i think there's a really great moment where he says look we got crystal palace this weekend i'm not gonna mess with the game at all and everybody starts moving around it's like but hey hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and roy's like oh gosh what's he gonna say yeah he says but i am gonna address what goes on inside the locker room. And I want us to really kind of get to know each other. And that's when he brings out the amazing suggestion box, (laughs) co-authored, co-artist, artisted by Nate and his, his niece. Crafted. There you go. Crafted (laughs) by his, by his uh, Nate and his niece. And, you know, it's, it's a simple thing. It's a simple gesture and it sets up this great dialogue between him and Roy Where Roy's like, we're middle of the road. We've lost our last three. And you want us to tell you if the snacks in the, in the locker room are bad. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I do. I
1: think he says if, if the snacks in the vending machine are tasty enough, <laughs> tasty enough, right? <laughs> I just, I, re- I remember the way he delivered that line, just really oh, stuck with so good, me. Yeah. But Br- Brett yeah. Goldstein's
0: lines, it's yeah. just like he's chewing on the script, is what he's doing.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and he, he has this grunt, I think, or this growl, I think, uh, that that yeah. is just so—it's just really adorable. But yeah, so Ted follows that up by saying, "Yeah," and then of course Jamie Tart just says, "They are pretty bad. They're they're pretty terrible." Yeah. So. And, and I think that that's really great, Adam, where you have this guy who is looking at the little things Mm -hmm. to help change the big things. And that really sort of amplifies the type of leader that he is. So as as on a personal note, I am, I'm like that. Uh, I was just having a conversation with my boss about how, when it comes to my staff, I'm less inclined to ask about performance. And I'm more inclined to ask, how are you doing? What can Mm -hmm. I do for you? What resources do you need? And that's not to toot my own horn. It's just sometimes that's to a fault because I mm-hmm. tend to kind of ignore. Oh, we missed that deadline. Well, sure, you know. But but my but, but he was you know he had some family issues going on, and instead of sometimes I got to get in somebody's face and say, "Look, you got to time manage, man. You got to do mm-hmm. things better." And so, in a lot of ways, I'm sort of like Ted in that I want to get to the heart of who people are. And those first few scenes with Rebecca with the team with with Roy are are all just great moments of I won't call it altruism but more of that sense of maybe Olive Branch you know mm-hmm. kind of extending that to to really say hey guys I'm I'm here for the long haul I'm here because I care meet me halfway if you want
1: right right yeah and I think one thing that I didn't pick up on originally was we do get a glimpse in this episode of what is Ted's anxiety. We see him at one point standing on the field,
0: yeah, watching yeah. them
1: play. And you see him kind of look at his hands and, and he's kind of rubbing them and shaking and they're kind of shaking a little bit. Maybe he's they're tingling or feeling numb. Something's going on He kind of kind of pushes his hands into his pockets to kind of bury it down and, and, and away. He doesn't want to deal with it, whatever's causing that. And maybe this is the first time, maybe it's not clearly something's going on with Ted. As much as he outwardly projects positivity and um, friendship and and everything that we've discussed, something is happening to him, and we obviously know about the the, the issues with his wife, or we know there's something going on with with his wife. But they're slowly building this this thread as well of, of Ted going through some uh, sort of a pers- his own personal mm-hmm. crisis,
0: right? And I think that it sort of shows off a little bit of how maybe he's trying to be on as much as he can. Uh, there are pockets of of dialogue, one moment between him and Nate, where he's getting sort of insight into Sam and how right. Sam was really good in his home country. But when he came over here, something was going on and he makes some joke about not cheering him up <laughs> from, right. being from Nigeria. And it's right. funny and, and Nate laughs at it very kind of weirdly and and Ted calls him out. He said, so you're still laughing at jokes that you don't think are funny. And I think that that moment along with the moment that you mentioned where T- Ted's kind of rubbing his hands and then puts them in his pocket, we get a sense of someone who I think is trying to fill in gaps, fill in holes mm-hmm. where it's someone who may not like the awkward silence. And and that's true of a lot of people. I mean, someone who talks fast, someone who is constantly reacting to someone by making a joke or saying something else it makes for really great dialogue Adam but at the same mm-hmm. time it's sort of revealing especially when you get those small moments that I didn't notice the first time around when I watched this and I was like wait I did, did did he do that with his his hands in his pocket yeah but then there's another moment where he's about to come into the the locker room and he opens the door and waits for like it seems like an hour Rebecca yeah. comes out and then that that question you know, would you better be a lion or a panda? Comes out. And then there's this really interesting moment where Jamie, after answering the question, Coach, a me, why would I want to be anything else? Right. <laughs> he says, Cheers. And then Ted goes, Night Court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I didn't pick up on that until this time. I was like, did he just say night court? Okay, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder if that's sort of a byproduct of his personality where he has to feel like I've got to respond in some way, shape, or form as a way to sort of respond or, or that's my sort of knee jerk reaction. I can't think of the, the word, yeah. but coupled with what you pointed out, that's something I really want to pay attention to as the season goes on. Do we have more of those moments? Does he show more nervousness? And, and what's the, what, what's the root cause of that? We can, we can definitely attribute that to his relationship with his wife. But it seems like there's more going on and and there, there may or may not be. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that plays out, where we're not just getting a slew of funny lines and Ted being Mr. Optimist, but what's happening on the opposite side of the Ted Lasso door?
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Sam. This is, I think, even more than Roy and Jamie in this episode. I mean, we do get a little more development for those two. We get to see a little bit of their sort of rivalry on the field. And there's some really funny lines between them as well. Uh, But Sam kind of gets the spotlight in this episode will be it's it's his birthday. Uh, Ted learns that it's his 20th birthday coming up on Saturday, the same day they have their first match against Crystal Palace. And so Ted decides, let's all chip in and throw him a party after the game. You know, let's get him a present, get him a cake and and let's celebrate. And maybe that'll help Sam because clearly he's going through something as well. Since he came, as you mentioned, from Nigeria, he hasn't really been performing He's been sort of underachieving, as Nate says. So Ted's clearly trying everything he can to bring this team together, to get to know them. And unfortunately, they they lose their match. And I think the fact that they don't even show the game is what I kind of love about this episode, because it doesn't matter how they played the game at this point in the series. It's all about the fact that the characters and how they react to the loss i think is really what's most important for this show and you know they're obviously upset depressed angry nate even gets so angry and like smashes the glass on the office door oh dear um, oh dear! yeah he's so but, <laughs> he but i love um i love the reaction by roy kent he kind of looks at him like huh like you know this like good for you you know yeah. <laughs> like that's somebody good, else that's, has a
0: pulse in this team exactly yeah
1: pulse. So it, he, he kind of earned some respect from Roy at that moment when he did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a funny little moment again that I didn't catch initially upon my first feeling where in the background you can see that there's like brown masking or packing tape all over the glass, like wherever where it was cracked. So like they, right. it, it's just in the background, like out of focus, like you don't really and you see uh, Nate holding a roll of tape, but they don't show him doing this. It's just kind mm-hmm. of there. And I, I love those kind of small moments like that. It just it just yeah. it just shows that they're really paying attention to the details and things that characters do pay off later or have repercussions and and mm-hmm. they're not just done for a cheap laugh. Yeah. And I think that that in this episode they we first of all we because because Ted this is Ted's first match right with Crystal Palace as their as their coach, as their manager as they call it. And this is also a tie back to those NBC pro sports promos where there's a whole joke about how they all called him Wanker and that was his <laughs> nickname and Ted of course thinks that's a positive thing you know in this, in this episode we learn uh, that we get that that joke back right they bring it back where everybody in the stadium is chanting wanker wanker and then it cuts (laughs) to the pub and you have all the fans at the pub (laughs) chanting wanker as well and 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 that suggestion box that you mentioned where they're the first night after that first day ted and beard go to that pub and they sit down and they open up the suggestion box and like 90 percent of them are just wanker you know so (laughs) it's it's a nice little um uh throwback to those nbc sports promos Mm -hmm. where they they first sort of introduced that joke but clearly you know and ted doesn't even really know what it means either but the woman that manages the pub kind of has to uh, explain it to him which i thought was funny
0: his response is great too it's like yeah. oh i'm a visual learner that was really helpful yeah exactly. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> exactly and she's on his side i love that yeah she really is on, on oh yeah she side. goes
1: give him a chance you know to all yeah. the, the fans in the pub so uh, that was a nice new introduction to that The you know that's the local the local hangout for ted and beard as well hopefully we'll see uh, more of that as well
0: So were there any, any highlights? I know that, you know, in a, in a 30 to 40 minute episode, I mean, we probably covered a a good 80% of it, but was (laughs) there, was there one moment or anything that, that stood out to you as funny or as like, that was really clever. For me, the
1: funniest moment I just laughed out loud is in the locker room. Jamie is talking with Ted and, you know, Ted's trying to kind of get him to open up. And then Jamie looks over at, uh, a very hairy, shirtless Roy, <laughs> and he says, oh, oh, Roy, mate, if you're gonna go to the shower, you should take your sweater off first, pal. <laughs> I, just, I just died. And, and Roy's reaction, of course, is brilliant, but he, he's such a, a silent man of few words, but when he does say something, it's just, you know, he, he's always perfect, he's always spot right. on with his reactions, mm-hmm. his visual, you know, his expressions, everything. And, yeah. uh, and, and I liked that at the end, he, Roy is taking a shower and the water pressure has, has been fixed. And, yeah. and you can tell that he's, he has some respect for Ted now because he actually did something. He fixed the water pressure, which clearly has been a problem for a long time. Yeah. And Ted was able to make one thing work better. So mm. right there, that was like a little bit of a, a win for Ted in Roy's eyes, I feel like yeah. that small gesture, that's that small uh, thing that he improved.
0: Yeah, I think the next step is uh, making the snacks in the locker room tastier. <laughs> so exactly. I, uh, I had several moments. I think the whole word play challenge is great. You know, with the boot that I, I wish that I could
1: write like that.
0: It's I just, know, it's so much fun. Of course yeah, what Beard, was it was
1: getting fired from your job while putting cleats in the trunk of your okay. car. Yeah.
0: Getting the boot while putting, putting boots in the boots. In the, boot. yeah. <laughs> the other the other one that I can't think of at the moment had to do with um uh puss in boots, reading roots with a prostitute playing a lute or something like that. <laughs> and at the and, end he goes, yeah. sorry, it was it was it was the uh, autobiography of Malcolm X, not roots. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so good. And then I, I think I think one of my, one of my favorite moments, and, and this really kind of shows how Ted and beard work together. It's when he yeah. says um, it's after that moment that you mentioned where he's getting nervous and beard reminds him, they're just kids. And he goes, they're not just kids. They're right. professional footballers. But he says, we're going to call this drill the exorcist because it's all about control and possession. And he says, it's so <laughs> just so yeah. like aggressive. Yeah. And then, and then beard enforces it. Like he, it's not like yeah. Ted has to do it. So I think that's such a great moment to kind of, show off how they work
1: well yeah. together. You're never questions. He just does nope. what he's told. And he does everything, you know, enthusiasm and and yeah, he's he goes for it. That's yeah.
0: And then then you've got, you know, you've got overall just re- the echo of that where you know Ted's doing the locker room stuff. And he said, uh Coach Beer, what do we got to know about Crystal Palace? And the f- only thing he says, lot of speed in the outside. That's all he has to say. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps saying it all the way up to the match. Like he's like right, lots of speed. Lots of speed. Yep. So uh, Beard is definitely just the X's and O's guy that we yep, that we saw yep. in the first episode, and, and it's I think that's just going to continue where we're going to get to see more of that that kindred relationship that they have. So I'm right, excited about right.
1: that. And like going back to Sam, there was a really good moment where you saw sort of Ted's coaching style um, when they this was during practice or training as they call it. Ted says um, to Sam, who was clearly just getting. know he got knocked down by jamie i believe and he was a little visibly upset by what was going on 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 the field and ted just says do you know what the happiest animal on earth is it's a goldfish because it's got a 10 second memory be a goldfish sam that's all he says and you sam the kind of nods and walks away and i just think it's one of those great things where clearly sam's thinking like what does that mean and what he's I believe trying to say is that Mm -hmm. don't hold a grudge you know about what just happened don't worry about what's happened in the past just worry about what's happening right now that's all that matters just Mm -hmm. put that stuff behind you and i think that's how ted tries to live his life he tries to not let the past sort of you know encroach on his present happiness sure but maybe it is right maybe Mm -hmm. that's why he's having this these these issues is he he can't keep it at bay he is mm-hmm. starting to manifest physically that that stress or anxiety from his past and so he's trying to sort of train the team to live in the moment to, uh-huh. to be present right and to just focus on what your task at hand is yeah. and I, I just think again like you said compared to Tabir to it's a very different he's focusing on not the specifics of what you need to do to play like uh-huh. he's kind of that coach that's or or like a director yeah. who realizes that the actors know how to act if you cast the right person right they're going to know how to learn, learn what their character is they're going to know how to deliver they're going to memorize their lines they sometimes that's not what they need they don't need specific direction as to what they should be doing they just need a little motivation or a little nudge in the right direction to get their head in the right space right and i mm-hmm. think that's ted's that's his skill set, and, right. and and Beard knows actually knows the game <laughs> of football, soccer, mm-hmm.
0: and and to an extent, Adam. I mean, they don't. We don't see those as either strengths or weaknesses, like one or the other. I mean, there is right. definitely strength in the way in which Ted coaches and the way that Beard coaches, but there is also potentially some shadow side to that. You can be too wordy. You can yeah. <laughs> you can get to a point of coddling your team where mm-hmm. they're, they don't know how to you know, really push through. And again, as someone who identifies with Ted and the way in which he does things, this show is starting to sort of, I won't say show chinks in the armor, but is even in the second episode showing a little bit of like, you know, it's not all roses. I mean, there's, there is a consequence. I mean, people get sad, people get nervous, even those that are, that are optimistic. And I also like the fact that Ted's not always doing the exact right thing. So for instance, love the, the locker room party. I love the birthday Mm -hmm. and two things to note there. He goes up to Sam and he said, yeah, we just got you a little, you know, a bunch of little things here and there, some of his favorite candy or his favorite chips or something. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out one of those army men that Ted's been kind of handing out to different people as Americans. We're like, Oh, that's so sweet. And he gives one to Rebecca and, And we've got that image in our head of, oh, cool. We gave Sam one. And Sam gently says, coach, do you mind if I don't keep this? I don't have the same affinity for the American military as you do. And they both sort of say, ah, imperialism. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a a little throwaway laugh. But at the same time, Ted's not making a huge deal about it. Neither is Sam. It's like, okay, Sam's saying, I get what you're doing here. And I appreciate that you know, consequently the army man doesn't become the symbolism of protection and Americanism and how that's not the message that's going to be preached. Right. And, and I think that's really fantastic because the cast on the whole is so diverse. I mean, it, yeah. it's a, it's a premier league football club where you have folks from England and folks from Africa and folks from France and, essentially Sweden. It's just, it's really, really cool. And Ted
1: learns that I believe in this episode, I I think he he doesn't even understand, or maybe it was in the pilot. He doesn't, he didn't fully understand that it's not a team just made up of, you know, a bunch of local Brits, right? That this is like any professional sports team. They draft and bring in the best players they can get from wherever they can get them to build the best team they can build. And right. even uh, Jamie is is essentially on loan mm-hmm. uh, from another team, so right. it's. Um, I think Ted's learning that as well that he has this really diverse team of people that come from all over, all different cultures, all different parts of the world, and and they all bring their own strengths to uh, to the team.
0: Absolutely, and I think that that brings such a great challenge for him because if you know anything about college football yes, you're recruiting, you're drafting essentially. And and you've got players that come in and out, especially with those that can opt out of their senior season. You only have them for a few years. Well, a footballer, especially in the Premier League, I don't know what the contracts allow. You might be able to, and I don't know how the seasons work, but it's it's a weird kind of schedule where you have folks that will come over from the US soccer team Mm -hmm. for a season during the Premier League because it's offset with, with MLS. And so somebody from Real Salt Lake might go over to be a part of man city for, you know, two or three months because they're on loan and, you know, how do you create that cohesion? So I'm, I'm sure these things are going through Ted's head of like, how do I do this? This is so different. And it makes me, the, the show sets us up where we feel like we're on this journey with him. We want him to succeed and we're getting to know these characters. On this at the same pace that he is it's not like we have all this insight about roy or jamie we're getting it kind of from a tertiary point of view like knowing that that jamie's from man city i heard that on like a voiceover like a radio thing when it was his consolation goal and then the comment i think the previous episode about roy uh from chelsea you know that was eight yeah. years ago eight what's, years ago yeah what's funny though adam is i'm looking at roy kent i'm looking at brett goldstein i'm like this guy's not old no but clearly he is next I mean, to the
1: like next to Sam who's 19 turning 20 in this episode yes. it's like yeah he is kind of old and in the sports world he would be considered mm-hmm. old because you know these are games like your knees will go in a game right. like this after 8 years 9 years yeah. right you just can't keep that up that kind of uh high impact on your on your joints you know it just mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't last forever so yeah. yeah for so i don't know how old Brett Goldstein is in real life but He's, you know, he's not clearly as old as Ted, I don't think, but he's somewhere, you know, maybe his early thirties, something like that, is mm-hmm. my guess. Which again, for for a sport like this, compared to all those other kids who are essentially like college age or early twenties, yeah, they're young.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, I would need to see some on-field action to sort of differentiate like mm-hmm. his his age compared to someone like Jamie Tart, because right now. I don't see it in the locker room. I see him yeah. as being the same age as Jamie. I think he's just as fit, but I'm that same guy who can't really tell when 22 year olds are playing high schoolers <laughs> on a right. TV series. And so that's just my ignorance, sort of speaking loud. So I'm hoping that that sort of plays itself out for me. And I'm able to kind of say, yeah, he is, he is an older player. And so maybe that means that I need to just see him sort of hobbling around on the pitch instead of, yeah. <laughs> instead of running. But, um, but yeah, I think, Moments like that are um, in the locker room. One of the things I wanted to point out before we before we wrap up is in relation to what Ted was, what I was saying about Ted sort of not getting it right all the time. There's this there's this moment where they're celebrating Sam's birthday. They're loosening up. He's got the music going, and Jamie, Jamie comes out of the locker room, and Trent Krim of the Independent. Comes to talk to him, kind of, kind of bombards him and starts asking him questions like a journalist should. And Jamie repeats a little bit of what Ted says because Ted has this really great conversation with him about, right. you know, you're the great one. You're great. and You're one in a million. That's, but the problem is, is that you forget that you're one of 11. I thought that was a great way to describe it. And he comes out and you think he's going to have this like sitcom moments of like the music plays and, you know, he's going to learn his lesson. And then he walks away after he hears these two guys start bashing FC Richmond. He goes, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I I played my heart out. And you know what's happening in there? Those guys are having a party. And I thought that's hilarious, but he's kind of got a point because what kind of message is Ted sending? At least I'm going to be the cynical one right now. What kind of message is Ted sending when he's like, we lost, but let's have a party. And I know it's not a party for losing. It's for Sam, but is this a goldfish moment or is this Ted being overly naive again and saying, look, I don't really care about wins and losses. And so for me this time around, I'm going, Hmm, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with Jamie's attitude because if you continue to lose four nil, five nil, three nil, whatever, and you're having parties and you have a coach that doesn't seem to care, are you really doing that great of a job coaching? And so I, I kind of picked up a little bit on, on Jamie's cynicism there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think from his point of view, it makes perfect sense. You know, he, he is the top scorer, right. And, and so he's feeling like, well, this team is holding me back and I'm not, I could win this game if it wasn't for my team, right. That's kind of his, his point of view. Uh, But from Ted's point of view, I think, you know, this is the first match. He's only been there like a couple days at this point. He hasn't really had a chance to get to know all the team players yet. He hasn't. Mm been able to really do a lot of coaching yet so i think he's realizing that what he's witnessing is a team that isn't really playing as a team they're not really working together as a cohesive unit yet and so and that and that starts with the the most veteran player and the most and the highest scorer right so that being you know roy and and jamie and i think he's trying to bring them together Like you can't do anything about the fact that they lost, right? That's, that happened. It's it's in the past, but what he can try to use that moment as uh, after the, after uh, they lost in the locker room as a chance to get the the whole team together and, and to sort of celebrate one of their teammates turning 20 and Mm -hmm. get them to enjoy life a little bit they even bring down Higgins and he starts dancing and no, I, love I think that. they're all part of the team, right? They're all part of what makes uh, AFC Richmond work. And so mm-hmm. that I think is his strategy here is just to is to just get them all together and to hopefully build their camaraderie so that they'll communicate better. They'll get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a result, hopefully, their playing will improve now again it's so early in his time there that it was this premature to have a party Mm -hmm. uh maybe (laughs) but it's uh i think that's just his his approach right because he doesn't really know the sport he doesn't know much about these players or anything that they're doing or their their histories where they're from so i think he his goal was just to start having a good time get get everyone together get them to know each other better and hopefully things will start to sort of work themselves out from there
0: yeah i think it's just a general like let's loosen up a little bit exactly because i think yeah. we're just
1: wound too tight right now yeah
0: and um it's it's risky that's for sure yeah. it's very yeah. risky i was almost waiting for trent crumb to come
1: into the locker room although
0: i don't think that he's allowed to do that but <laughs> yeah i don't think that would have been something yeah. really interesting
1: but he kind of does glance over and you almost think is he going to go in there and try to get a glimpse of what's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he could. All right. Well,
0: before we finish our episode, we uh, we have decided that we're going to end each episode with either a Tedism or our favorite line from the episode, whether it's spoken by Ted or not. Hopefully, neither of us stole each other. You didn't steal mine. It hasn't okay. been mentioned yet. So okay. if I have stolen yours, I apologize straight up because
1: <laughs> okay. there's so
0: many great ones in there. So I will, uh, I will defer to you. Did, did I steal it? Or
1: are you going to be able to share? I have another one. I have I have uh, uh, oh, two others. It, so oh. <laughs> there, there's a moment that it's kind of you know sweet and funny where Rebecca says, "So, uh, Ted, how was your first official day?" And he says, <laughs> "Ted says, I'm not entirely sure what your all smallest unit of, me- of measurement is over here, but that's about how much headway I made." <laughs> I just, <thought, laughs> just love the way he said that. Like yeah. he could have just said, "No, you know, not doing so great" or whatever. But he just has a way a way with words. And I really love that. Yeah.
0: And I love that she says, and of course, you're not deterred. And he doesn't even say he just yeah. kind of makes a face like, no, mm-hmm. yep. I'm good. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. Happy as a well, clam. <laughs> happy as a clam. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine is when Ted is in Rebecca's office. Um, I think it's just after Higgins has given her the latest batch of biscuits that are not the ones that she is hunting down. Ted comes in and they're like hiding or whatever. And they're having a conversation. I don't remember specifically what it was. I think it's I think it's the conversation where he talks about bonding, and he said, "Look, I'm just trying to bring the team together. Everybody on the staff is FC Richmond." And he makes a comment. He said, "Oh," and Higgins says, "We're even having lunch," uh, or he said Higgins are having lunch, and Higgins says. We're sharing salads you know that's right <laughs> british yeah you know, having salads it's like okay well yeah i think i'm gonna start saying it that way every time I'm like, i was like i like a salad please which,
1: which is funny because i don't picture uh ted being a big salad guy no no no
0: <laughs> he's gonna pour barbecue sauce on him. yeah that's exactly what he's, gonna do.
1: he's gonna do that <laughs>
0: so he leaves and as he's leaving the the room by the way i love the fact that he gives a tree a high five early in the episode i'm like oh, yeah. there i'm justified i do that too i want to give trees high fives so it's somebody else that does that but he leaves the room and you think he's gone and higgins says sees you later <laughs> that's right <laughs> and he and what's great is not that line necessarily although it's funny ted busts back in and goes yes He's so proud that somebody else is making a dad joke. And it's like the small moment where he feels like, oh my gosh, I'm making an impact. That's right. Yeah, I think somebody's life. That's
1: like a victory for him because it's showing that his sort of humor, his not taking things quite so seriously is already Mm -hmm. starting to rub off just a little bit on at least on Higgins. (laughs) And and there's one other just moment where with uh Ted and Nate, that I thought was really really fun. Uh, you're allowed to the, have two since I stole, yeah, I stole it's yours, okay. So. <laughs> um, Ted says to Nate, you know, on the they're on the field, hey, hey, Nate, and Nate goes, What who who me? and Ted goes, Yeah, until we get another Nate here, I just need you to assume you're my default Nate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so good, just so I good. just love that dynamic between the two of them. Like, Nate is so has been so sort of beaten down clearly um, mm-hmm. into submission in his role that he just can't believe that the coach, that the new manager is actually interfacing with him and, mm-hmm. and, and actually needs him and wants him to be a part of this team. And right. I just think that's really special. And it's, a, it's the start of, of something that we're, we're getting here between the two of them.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some something to celebrate. We're kind of cheering for Nate at this point, going Exactly, man, I you know, what's his role gonna be? And um yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that relationship right there for sure. Yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap up this episode of an original series. Adam, what do we have coming up next time?
1: Well, next episode, episode three of season one is entitled Trent Krim, the independent. Now we've been introduced to Trent Krim on the first two episodes. And uh, last episode, I, I didn't know the name of the actor that played Trent, but he's played by an actor named James Lance. So James Lance, if you're listening, we're big fans of your hair. And, hopefully uh, more than that your, <laughs> as the series go on <laughs> yeah ted loves your glasses yeah and uh yeah we're really excited to find out where your character is going in Fantastic. episode three
0: yeah i'm looking forward to it well everyone thanks for tuning in and joining this conversation i'm patch he's adam and we are out of here